0: Episode 9 baby What's going on Hey how come we don't have the music though The theme music For it. Oh, I'm gonna cut it into it
1: Bro why would you No you know what Let's just keep going Why would you bring that up you know,
0: dog Let's just keep going don't say we
1: got my boy Giovanni here's, here, here, here's the thing
0: though Every episode we have the music Go first And then we
1: go And you know what and I here, know, He didn't clarify
0: and, that with me You're right But we're gonna keep going man You know what I'm saying Cause that's what we do
1: Hey, And, that's and what David's right David's right but uh, you, you ain't going to disrespect me like that, hey, big dog. Especially, especially in
0: front of a company, man. Hey, hey, we got Javon Ramos, man. Let's give him a round of applause. Episode 9. Let's get it. What's up, fellas? What's up, big right? dog? Yo, yeah. thanks for being here, Javon. Yo, thanks I for appreciate... cutting my hair, bro. I appreciate it. Look, <laughs> we're actually shooting right now at the barbershop. I yeah. just got done, literally, from that one room cutting his hair. You know what I'm saying? Show them what's up, man. Hey, listen, man. Catch the, catch the lining. My boy looking brr- fresh. You see, yes, it. Sir.
2: you see all of it. The molding. We,
0: we went straight from the chair to right here. Right you there. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I want to thank you for no, being man, here. No, man, thank
2: you. Oh, I sorry, appreciate
0: I you. broke your headphones. Sorry about that. <laughs> They're not mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're mine, but yeah, it's okay. My bad,
0: my bad guys. <laughs> Yo,
1: but thank you for being no, here course. with us, bro. My pleasure, We appreciate you. Thank you,
0: guys. And, uh, yeah,
2: tell us a little about, about uh, your story, man. Um, yeah, Who so, is Jovan? Yeah, well, that is a very uh, long answer to a short question. So my name is Jovan. I'm born and raised in New York City. Husband, father, um, brother, son. You always got to say, you know, father. Yeah, you got to start yes. off. You know, hey, yeah.
1: hey my, my boy wouldn't understand that, but th- that's yeah, okay, yeah. you know. Hey,
2: I'm going to go <laughs> wait in the car real quick. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, man, born and raised in New York, spent uh, about 30 something years of my life there and then wow. moved to Louisiana. God called us to Louisiana. We moved down there in Lafayette, Louisiana yeah. and did that for about two years. And then Fire food, I bet. You know what? Yes. Well,
1: as soon as you said that, I was like thinking about
2: food. Gumbo. Gumbo. <laughs> yeah, Crawfish. If you, you like that, if that's your, you know. Yeah. You said God with. called you. Yes, sir. To, uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah, so we were on staff uh, at a, a church in New York and um, and an opportunity arose to go down to Louisiana. So we prayed and fasted and really felt mm-hmm. it was a culture shift because, you know, born and raised in New York, the idea of going down to Lafayette, Louisiana, was almost like going to a third world country. And so, uh, but we prayed, man, and really felt God was leading us. We just felt the peace about it that didn't yeah. really make sense. It was kind of supernatural. It was a, it was just like the stillness that kind of led us there. And it was actually one of the best decisions we've made uh, in our marriage. Yeah.
0: And it's probably like a big difference coming from New York right. to something like that. It's probably yeah. shocking, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, extreme. Sh- I mean, one, you know, there was 120,000 people that lived in the entire city. In my neighborhood in Brooklyn, where we lived in New York, there was 86,000 people Wow, within a two-mile radius. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, just that dichotomy in and of itself, is, it was that was challenging. And then you get smaller pace of life. Louisiana, where we were in particular, but Louisiana is 48th in the country for education.
1: So we go from being
2: one of the top Places in in the country from education down to Louisiana. I
1: bet everybody was shocked. You're like, you're
2: from New York. 100%. What are you doing here? One thousand percent. People were on? so shocked by my accent. Like they yeah. were just shocked the way were like, just, What's up, son? Hey yeah. yo, son. Hey yo, what up, b? You know, yeah. Uh,
0: Especially you said you went over there for for a church, right? Yeah. So you're a pastor.
2: Yeah. So I was on staff at a church down there, and uh, and yeah. So it was it was a big difference because they weren't familiar with Puerto Ricans. In fact, one time I got asked how close is Puerto Rico to Mexico. I was like. <laughs> So, uh yeah, hey, hey that he was, level of education, you can't yeah. blame them hey, for what mad. they don't have. Right, 48th in the country. I'm not even hey, mad. I'm hey, not even it, mad. It, it, it is what it's it is. It's not their fault. There's it's nothing their that fault. you can do. Like, yeah, that's hey, tell me a little bit about uh, you being a pastor. You always knew you wanted to be a pastor? So, that's a great question. So, um, no, the short answer is no. So, I was actually an educator in New York for uh, eight years in total. I was a special ed teacher, taught high school special education, and then got a second master's degree and became a guidance counselor. <laughs> My hey, boy, I hear hey, working,
1: man. He said second master? Yes. Uh, hey, give my me, boy, give my boy, get around applause, man. Come on. <laughs> okay. Listen. Oh, man. come on, it man.
2: It was free. Come it on, was free. Man. Hey, it hey, my matter, motto, bro. my motto is if it ain't free, it ain't. Hey, me. hey, hey. I'm, I'm, inspired. Maybe, 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 maybe not know. today.
1: Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow. And maybe not, and maybe not the next month.
0: But, but, but one day, one thing, one thing is
1: true.
0: I will be champion. I
1: will be champion one day. I promise. My boy, I hear moving. So, moving yeah, with the man. masters hey dog. that's
0: really that's really encouraging bro because you know just your style you yeah. know what i mean and for you to have two masters you know you're, you're an educated brother like i really look up to you I and i always that, tell Thank angel you. that i'm like man we gotta have jovan in the podcast exactly. you know like, I, told- I look up to you bro you just the way you you're a father you know i've seen how a father to your kids your husband to your wife like right now you're a staff at another church in chicago too and you're uh, you're inspiring to me. I really look up to you. I, and I want you to know that, that. and you. I want that to be on
1: video. As, hey. so, as soon as I asked <laughs> as soon as I ex David too, he's just trying to butter you up, bro. But as soon as I asked David too, I was like, bro, who do you want next? You're the first person. Oh, man, so Javon, yeah. we gotta have
0: Javon. Yeah, oh, I appreciate but, it, man. Man,
1: I, the one thing that I want to ch- touch on is. Growing up in New York, bro, yeah. how was that? Like, growing up in New York, like you know what I'm saying? I could just imagine, like, the vibes out there. So,
2: it's interesting. Um, you appreciate it more leaving New York. Uh, I think one of the things is there's a heightened sense of street smarts that Uh, you don't really get anywhere else like because you can have a million dollar building directly across the street from the projects like that's just New York like the the socio the the socioeconomic status is so versed and they're so close to each other whereas in other parts of the country everything is so pocket right like so segmented so segregated you'll have rich over here poor over here or you'll have those so in New York you just kind of grow up in in a legit melting pot of all cultures of all ethnicity of all backgrounds and Whoa. then um, just the cultural phenomenons of bacon egg and cheeses and bagels and pizza in conjunction with you know some of the the hip hop culture influence that's I mean,
1: that's probably yeah. the biggest thing
2: is the hip hop yeah, culture is culture. huge I mean it's Originated, the birthplace yes yeah, yeah. the birthplace and so yeah. you get that influence that idea of we could be original, we're the best, there's nobody yeah. better than us um that really and is ingrained in you
1: myself i'm I'm half puerto Rican, so like you think of like boricua you right. think you think New York, yeah and it's yeah. just kind of crazy like yeah. and uh mm-hmm. Just just thinking about that culture out there, man. I love it. It's, it's wild, it's man. It's crazy. I
2: will say there's more Puerto Ricans here in Chicago. Oh. All the Puerto Ricans in New York, they went to Pennsylvania and they left yeah. to Florida. They left to greener, greener pastures. It is 100% full Dominican in New York now. Oh,
1: wow.
2: yeah. yeah. You know
0: Romero Santos?
2: I do. He knows hey, him
0: personally, yeah. don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Do. He, used sing, he used to sing with him. <laughs> hey, I just want to go back to your, your other question about... How you went from being an educator to being a pastor. Right. You know what I mean? So,
2: yeah, so, um, so it, I was a part of my local youth ministry in a church, uh, grew up in that church. My wife and I both grew up there and were just a part of it, went through the youth ministry, became youth workers and then youth leaders, Mm -hmm. and, uh, at the same time, I was rapping. I was a Christian rapper. I was that's traveling. Around. I got bars, and so I was traveling around. I actually just wanted to be a producer my whole life, man. That's all I wanted to do. Um, but then I realized it was gonna be really hard to to make it, and uh-huh. I was like, I want a family one day, and so I had to go. Maybe I'll just do this as a hobby. That's that's actually a really good lesson to know the difference between a hobby and a career. So yeah. basically, yeah. what
1: happened is my boy, you know, he had the bars and he had a shot to make it out there. They were like, hey, they wanted to bring him on tour, and he's like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Man? It's
2: just—it's one of those things, man. Where it's like I started realizing there was like a, a um, shelf life, age-wise. You know, like yeah. you know, I was starting to get to that age where it's like, do I really want to be going to youth events and yeah. rapping? Like I'm a grown man. Yeah. It just seemed very weird. Yeah. So, and I wanted to have a family. We had just had our our oldest, who's now she's gonna be nine this year. So. Uh, We kind of backed out. So I was rapping and traveling and doing all that stuff, doing more evangelism, um, just kind of in the hood, going to projects, rapping there, rapping at youth events. Um, And what ended up happening, I was with a group and what would happen was at the end of the night like the entire group would look at me to close the night out it was just kind of like this thing where I just instinctively took over and would always close the night out in terms of speaking like just five minute talk just encouraging people and when my wife and I got married uh, within a couple of months they asked us to take over the youth ministry Mm -hmm. um so we started a youth ministry we started we took over our youth ministry we had seven youth when we started this was in 2011 we were married already we kind of waited out the year we got married in 2010 so we started off with seven teens uh that were coming out to the the youth Mm -hmm. um nights and then by the time we left man at one point we were having a hundred and something teens coming in the hood like we were in the hood in east harlem in el barrio like in new york so it was a predominantly Mexican area. It was, like a, it was dope, man. Like, I was a teacher a mile away. That's why away. we connect. That's why we connect. Holla yeah. at your boy. So um, we, I worked a mile away from the church as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I would literally tell my students, like, yo, if you come, I'll give you an A. Like, I'll give you an A on this Dang. project if you come to church so I mean that's one way to get people through the doors yeah. you know what I mean? I would have been there we're, right gonna, there we're gonna
0: censor that because you might
2: get in trouble. Nah nah, nah it's all good get, I've, been nah. out, I've been out man I've been out the game <laughs> yeah, for a while they can't get me. Nah, hey, so.
0: if Jovan would have told hey, me that was I would have been right there yeah. I would have been right I there all the time, you know, so like, time I just
2: used that influence of um, my students like me as a teacher used that influence to try to get kids to come and we saw a lot of students and a lot of teens come and then what I realized was I was <clears> working in education and I was bivocational youth pastor and I was I was like man, I really enjoy this so much more than this, so it became this thing where like I was faithful to both. It's not like I stopped one, I was faithful to both, and it was like a race, like one just started outdoing the other mm-hmm. um and that was really the telltale sign for me to go yeah. like, all right I think this is God. I think this is God leading us to do this yeah um and then you relation- had,
0: did, did you have no? confirmation on that?
2: Yeah, I did, man. Multiple people had come to us, like, man, you could, you know. But it's real easy, like, if you can articulate in any capacity, or if you have some sort of stage presence, it's real easy for people to associate that with ministry. So I didn't yeah. get, I didn't get too caught up on that. I wasn't caught up on, oh, it's my ability to communicate that leads me to be in ministry. I, I, I didn't think of that, or your ability to lead. Yeah. Um, and you know, honestly, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is like a sled. You know, your calling. Let's say your calling is the Santa Claus sitting on the sled and then you have reindeer in front of you and the way I look at it is those three main dogs or reindeers whatever's pulling the sled Mm -hmm. is really relationships your talent and then like what you're anointed to do right so if you think about it um relationships let's just look at that one when it comes to relationships um I I made a relationship with a guy named Pastor Todd Cruz he was on Mm -hmm. staff at Brooklyn Tabernacle came and preached at my at my church Um, where I was and I was leading worship and so he came and preached he and I connected I went up to him after the service I was like yo man I would love to connect with you we go do Mm -hmm. lunch We go hang out again. We hang out a fourth time. We hang out a fifth time. Our wives start connecting. Our wives are pregnant at the same time. We become super close, become like best friends. He ends up offering me a job. It's through that relationship that I met another pastor named Pastor Tim Delina, who became a a huge mentor, huge, huge voice in my life. And three years, four years after me being on staff at Brooklyn Tabernacle, offered me a job. Yeah, well, then I go down to Louisiana with him and through yeah. relationship, through him I met a guy named Steve Andres and so me and Steve start connecting and then Steve asked me to come help him with his church plan up here, yeah. but then long, long behold, I connect with another guy named wow. Pastor Al Toledo who spoke at my first youth retreat when I was a teenager, interned at my home church back in New York, was a part of Brooklyn Tabernacle yeah. I go grab lunch with him and long story short, he offers me a job so relationships pull your calling your anointing, what you're anointing to do I look at anointing as like um bro what you said right now bro that's so was true wrong. i know that <laughs> Yo, was so true bro that's- like that's that's that that was deep, man. I yeah. mean, relationships just matter so much, and so often we look at relationships as transactional, uh-huh. like what can I get for you from you, and what can you get from me. <sighs> Preach, but brother. If, if if you view relationships as a, an essential part of who we are as individuals, God's created us to be communal. When we look at the Bible in the beginning, the mm-hmm. first chapter, the first chapter of the Bible, we get two major components of the Bible: mm-hmm. community and creativity. Mm-hmm. God says, "Let us make." So you, at that point, us is talking about plural, plural. It's yeah. us, it's the divine council. And then make obviously is a creative term. So you look at community and create and creativity as massive components, yeah. uh, throughout the scripture and through, throughout our lives. Like we're called yeah. to be makers and builders. We're also called to be in community. So being in isolation is not God's intent for you, for you. And I would almost wrestle to say that Relationships is one of those driving forces, one of those reindeers that pull the sled.
0: It's so important what you surround yourself with. 100 Because, it, yeah, it's going to have an effect in your destiny. Yeah. And that's, that was really good. What was the other uh, reindeer? So you got
2: relationships. Uh, I would say your talents. So they're things that God has innately gifted you to do. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times I've met creatives, uh, graphic designers, videographers that are like, yeah, but I want to be a pastor. And I'm like, that's great. But the lens in which you get into that role is going to be through your creativity talent. Like yeah. God's gifted you with a talent. So if you steward your talent well, if you say, man, like this is what God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to be good in this lane. So I was talented at connecting with teenagers. So I was a teacher. I was really good at that. And I stewarded yeah. it that well. I was also creative and, and a producer. And I stewarded it that well. And it was actually mm-hmm. like me gathering people together, discipling a group of people rapping with them going around I wasn't the best rapper I was a good I was a really good producer yeah. and so I was getting the people though and uh, we would go do shows and I was the one booking all the shows but I was it was that talent that kind of opened up a door for me to grab a microphone and, and yeah. s- share the gospel it was I can remember the first time we were at one of these events and uh it was at a coffee house it was called Salem Coffee House it was a big coffee house in the Bronx that a lot of Christian rappers would go to um and i could re- vividly remember going and the day before the 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 pastor who ran the coffee house was like hey can you share the gospel at the end uh-huh. and i was like um, this it was my first time doing it i well. was like uh, okay. And so it, my talent opened up an opportunity. In fact, the Bible says a, uh, a man's gift makes room for him. Yeah. So it's the talent that is pulling your, your innate gift. So, you know, I just encourage people, whether you're watching, whether it's you guys, don't forsake the things you're good at. I love how David uses his gift to that's cut hair, barber, right? it's, it's, it's his gift to cut hair, to open up opportunities of other avenues just in relationships. So even those two things are constantly intertwined with yeah. each other. My boy other. preaching, man. He's preaching. Yo, bro. that's really good, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. No, it's 8 o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> is, it really is. You no, fresh.
0: And, and you know, like, I think that's really good, storing your your talents well. Yep. Because sometimes we're so careless, you know what I mean? Sometimes that we don't store it well and we don't do it. We don't try to perfect it. Yeah. And I think as you try to perfect it, it'll it'll start opening up doors. You know what I mean? Like the other day, I I, I was at uh, City Hall printing out flyers for this event that the city called me. You know, and just because I've been cutting hair. Like, yeah. I just steward it well. I'm, I'm good at building, uh, you know, relationships. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm at City Hall printing flyers. I'm
2: just like, what am I doing here? You know yeah, what happens? You know? Fruit produces freedom, right? And so when you are fruitful in what you're given, it produces a freedom. I see this with my children. If they steward something I give them, my kids are always asking for a dog. And my response is, when you can sleep in your bed throughout the night without waking me up, you will get a dog, Dang. right? So if, if faithful with what I'm giving to them and they're fruitful in it, right? So if I give them a toy, if I give my son Benjamin who gets his haircut with Dave, Dave knows him. Um, Dave bought him a Christmas gift. If if David sees that that Christmas gift that he bought him is still taken care of, next year, Dave is going to be more likely to give him another one, True, right? Yeah. Because fruit produces freedom. It gives you the ability to say, okay, I could trust you. Right. And so when God gives you a talent, but you don't want to use your talent for either his glory or at all it's almost like how can the doors what, be open? my, my <laughs> is, question
1: my, my, so I deep, know he's going bro. crazy
2: my question is for the people that
1: that can't find the talent like what would you say to try to like cause I, I've been there I've been lost to a point where I'm like what do I do I don't even know
2: well this is another tangent that I could get on uh, a soapbox that I feel like everyone innately has a gift there's something there's there's an answer that each of us carry that will solve a question that the world has. I, I fundamentally believe that. The problem is social media has created a generation of narcissists who only want to put the highlight reel of what they do in their lives. So this is what happens. People don't feel like they're talented because they're looking at someone's highlight reel. And now we live in a culture of comparison. Yeah. And so there's people who create phenomenal spreadsheets. Like they're beasts at creating an Excel spreadsheet. That's not me. I'm constantly on TaskRabbit. You know why? Because I do not know how to do handiwork. So I go on Mm. TaskRabbit and I got a brother coming to do some grout work in my bathroom on Wednesday. You know why? Because I'm not good at it. Everyone innately has a talent and everyone innately has a gift that God's given them. It's a matter of the perspective in which you look at it and the Mm. way in which you view it. Because you can look at something as a talent or you can look at it as a curse and go, I'm not good at anything in comparison to everyone else. But that's really a general generational thing that we see with social media, where people are highlighting the best filters, the best graphics, yeah. the best videos, and if you don't get this amount of likes, or if you don't get this amount of uh, comments, and all of a sudden it's not validated. And meanwhile, you have people that are super talented, but don't even realize it within themselves because of the voice of social media speaking yeah. to them. Just, so I'm just a huge. And proponent then, of and this then area. that
0: affects their environment, you know, because someone can be actually benefiting from your talent, but because you're you're into you know social media, then someone doesn't really get I, to enjoy I, you.
1: I, that's crazy that because I struggle that. Just doing this podcast Because I'm worried about What people think Right And then I, I like I look at other podcasts And I'm like I'm, I'm never gonna have Visuals like that I don't think it's ever right. Gonna get to that point But It's just crazy Cause that literally is What the generation is Is that we're too worried And wrapped up And how that person looks But like you said They show you their best yeah. They don't show you the mud They yeah. don't show you The late nights no. Waking up I, I stayed up Researching how to do This podcast Because yeah. I wanted to Put the work in yeah. And I probably Should show that But yeah. that's that's crazy
2: And it's You know Biblically If you even want to go From a spiritual standpoint There's a guy who I love In the book of Acts Oh snap You scared me bro Yo Carlos What's going what's on up, my guy how, how you doing We're in the middle Of a we, podcast we in Aurora, my, man, my I know, just you know? popped
0: in Right now Alright I'm gonna stop this Come over here Carlos I want to I invite my boy Carlos, man, real quick. Just real, for one second, Carlos. Loso, what's up, bro? What's up, what's up? We're in the middle of this podcast. Carlos just walked in here like... Scared what's up, big dog? Carlos, man, say what's up real quick, man. What's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> hey, th- thanks for coming, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you. I
1: like how he just comes in hey, suave, bro. We're going
0: to have uh, Carlos on our next podcast. Whoa. Uh, hey, let's so, go. Hey, get ready, because he has, he has a really dope story. And uh, I can't wait and You guys, Also he just looks good Look at him
1: looking at Suavo, <laughs> Yo, bro You look nice dog That's fine <laughs> So
0: um, you were
2: talking about Three sleds right Yes So one relationship The other one talent One thing I was saying Right before that When you look at talent And not comparing Just to go back To what you were saying In the book of Acts There's a gentleman Named Philip Okay um, <coughs> He he doesn't make The hall of faith In Hebrews He's not a known Character and, in fact, we see Philip leave a big event, like a big evangelistic event, and go off by himself, just following the spirit, ends up reaching an Ethiopian eunuch, baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch, and the and scholars believe that that's what literally opened the gospel up to to Africa. That's what literally got the, wow. the and it was just one guy who ministered to one person using his one gift and then disappeared. It is so important that we don't worry about the masses all the time, but that the individual, your particular gift and what you particularly can do can help one person. And what if that one person helps 10 people? And what if that ten, those 10 people end up helping 100? Then you've ultimately contributed to that. But our mindset, I was talking to a, a big pastor in Singapore, from Singapore, okay? He has one of the largest churches in Singapore. I was just having a conversation with him. And he was a part of a gang, right? He was a part of the triads in mm. Singapore. Mm. And so I asked him, I said, what's the greatest leadership principle you learned from being in a gang? And he said three things, loyalty, commitment. And then this last one, he said, my ability to succeed was contingent on others' ability to succeed. That's the gang. If I know I got to rob this guy and I'm going with my boys, I need my guys to win in order for me to win. It's not yeah. just me. And in our own society, especially in, in America and our Western world, social media has for, forced us to really be individualistic, as opposed to realizing if I do this one thing well, I can help others. And I may not get, I may never be um, on YouTube. I meant, I may never be YouTube famous ever in my life. I may never be famous on Instagram. I may never have a an award-winning podcast. I may never do something that. Is seemingly significant to many people, but if I raise my kids well, that's my talent. If I wow. if I steward my job if I cut hair very well, and I'm blessing people and encouraging them, that's my talent. I've brought joy to them. So talent is is very holistic. It's
1: the same way. Like I know I know it says in the Bible, like when one person basically gives their life to God. They, in heavens they, they rejoice it's right. like the same way that you you encourage that one person that one person encourages somebody it's just a movement it's like a, a yeah. snow of, like snowball a snowball effect. effect right yeah and and then I feel like we, like what you were saying is like we focus on the numbers right and I can attest to that I do that all the time I'm always like ah, I should have got this like and I should have got that and and I feel like you're right it's not about the numbers it's about reaching that one person that's going to yeah. kind of like change somebody it's about raising your kids right but like you said use your talent and yep. yeah that's yeah. really good
2: and then the third one is you got relationships you got uh, talent. talents and then i would say this is more spiritual but this is what you're anointed to do yeah um and by that i mean there are uh, anointing an easy definition for anointing for me has always been like god's favor god's favor but what god's favored you to do that's easier than what anybody else can do so, yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and so there, there are lanes that God uses the relationships you have, and the talent that you have to put you in particular situations, and that favor, if you steward that well, will open up doors of opportunity. It's 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 about all of it is about a stewardship principle. It's all about stewarding what's in front of you, but favor in conjunction with talent into your talent in conjunction with the relationships if you steward that well um you'll see god pull you into the direction that he wants yeah
0: so those three is what got you from new york all the way to where you're at right now
2: yeah and then where are you at right now yeah so i'm on staff at chicago tabernacle it's a Let's church get it. uh in in uh, the belmont Cragen area of the city and uh, man it's a it's a blessing to be there man i, I absolutely love it um we meet every Sunday, nine and eleven, Tuesday at seven p.m. for our prayer meeting. But what I really love is the church's heart for prayer. It's how I grew up in New York. Uh, I was a part of a church called Mahan Grace Tabernacle. Then got on staff at Brooklyn Tabernacle, uh-huh. and so I grew up in the tabernacle world. So this is very familiar for me. Yeah. Um, we, you know, emphasizing and prioritizing the presence of God. That what, anything uh, else.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Like you were saying, tabernacle. What does what does that mean? Because I don't mean
2: So tabernacle was a word uh, found in, in the Bible. It, it's the house of God. So so the dwelling place of him. Um, and so in, in the 70s, there was a pastor named Jim Symbola uh, who wrote a book called Fresh One, Fresh Fire. He wrote that in the 90s, but he started a church. He actually took over a church and then became the Brooklyn Tabernacle, um, and that church did very well. Uh, and grew, and, and churches came out of it. Uh, a church called Christ Tabernacle in Queens that became is now Saint's Church came out of there. Uh, my home church, Mahan Grace, and the Chicago <coughs> Tabernacle uh, as well. So um, they're all
0: connected. They they stem from. They from all there.
2: they they've all yep. That's okay. the the correlating thread is they all come from Brooklyn Tabernacle. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, it's great to be there. Um, it's a blessing to be back you know in the city and and, um, it's different than New York but it's very comparable so I able to connect with people I would say like go ahead (laughs) what do you think is the difference between Chicago and New York that's what I was going to ask oh yeah Yeah. great question I think um, one of the things I've really enjoyed about Chicago is it's segregated one of the stats I heard and this may be dated but I heard that it's um, the fifth most segregated (laughs) city in the entire country uh I don't view it segregation through just socioeconomic lenses. I almost view like cultural preservation. So you get like the little Romania, little, you know, uh, Greece.
1: Uh, uh, Italian.
2: Exactly, these little pockets. New York is not like that even a little bit. Everyone is intertwined together. So like I grew up in a neighborhood where blacks, whites, Puerto Ricans, um, Asians, in the like when I went to high school we have my wife and I went to the same high school 4500 students wow. I mean every ethnicity you could think about was wow. in that same so I feel like in New York there's a couple of differences one New York is massively bigger you know Chicago's probably the size of one of our boroughs we have five boroughs Manhattan Queens Bronx Brooklyn Staten Island we don't count Staten Island but we'll count them for this sake for, for, the, for the viewers <laughs> yeah um, but the Chicago probably fits into one of those smaller boroughs so it's hmm. in terms of size it's smaller. Um, New York has a different type of culture because you're able to get more ethnicities um, based off of, of, of that. So I think those are the bigger differences but one of the cool differences is in New York you can't buy property it's it's extremely hard to buy property. Like it's so cool that you know my wife and I we were able to buy a home. Um, yeah. And we only live 15 miles from the edge of the city. We're in the suburbs, but we live 15 miles from the edge of the city. In New York, that price would be so astronomical, we wouldn't be able to do it. So I do feel like real estate in Chicago is slightly more um, uh, affordable and it gives you more opportunity to, to do that.
1: But you can also get the city vibe. You So like the you go, you're yeah. in a suburb, but you you go, You can get
2: to the hood real fast, which yeah. I love. You know?
0: Yeah. So, I hate living in the city. I lived in the city for two years. I hated it. Yeah. Transportation. Bro, you you wanted to park in front of your house, you couldn't. You can't, you can't. You, had you know what I'm saying? One time, yeah. literally, like I was, I was trying to park. I'm trying, I'm just trying to go home, <laughs> and I was literally driving outside my house for five hours. I was like, yo, this is not for me. <laughs> well, you, I, then the people too, bro. You know what I mean? Public transportation, it's a whole different world. You bro. go on the bus, smells like pee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's this dude yelling, is just yelling at himself. Bro. Just a, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, bro, like. You know what I'm saying? The suburbs is where is at. That's yeah. why. That's what I
2: think. Yeah. The only thing about the city, man, is the food, though. And culture. Fire. Culture. Yeah, you got a lot more culture. Yeah. The city is tough, man. Once we had kids, I, I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I can't live in the city. I can't even imagine trying to live in the city. You know. Um, I
1: work in the city for for my job. Like I, I'm in the city all the time, and I have to. We base. I work on rush res, different restaurants and. uh, Man, yeah, like you were saying, you just go in circles.
2: It's a treadmill, man. It's a treadmill.
1: Yeah, look, Jovan, I know
0: you got you got to go soon here, yeah, but I want to ask you one more question. Yeah, y'all. how do you came? Were you always a Christian? And, and yeah, that's
2: a great maybe, question. Maybe maybe you can
0: give me a little bit of your yeah, family. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, so my parents. I didn't always grow up. Save my parents. Um, met each other when they were children. And uh, real young kids, they met at Coney Island in New York and then kind of grew up together and then kind of separated. My mom's mom died when she was 13, my grandmother. I never met her, obviously. Uh, She died when my mom was 13. My mom never knew her father. And so uh, my mom pretty much essentially raised herself with her godmother from 13 on. Um, At 15, she got pregnant with my older brother from another guy. Um, And she was kind of living that New York City Party lifestyle, her and my dad reconnect and rekindle. Uh, They get married, they end up having me, they end up having my younger brother. My dad takes in my older brother. And in the early 90s, my dad ended up cheating on my mom with a woman at the job and they ended up separating. And um, it was through that situation, my mom was kind of going through a deep depression and she found herself in a laundromat in New York and she was just weeping. And when she was there, there was a woman who happened to be there who saw her crying and literally said, like, I don't know what you're going through, but I know where you can find an answer and invited her to wow. church. Um, so my mom came to church with me um, and my mom got saved that day. And, 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 and honestly, subsequently, I did as well. I was about seven years old uh, when that happened. I was seven turning eight so you you were like raised in the church yeah so yeah so my my mom got saved we started going to church I was seven turning eight so let's say from eight to about 10 years old my mom was going then my mom kind of backslid and from the age of 12 to 13 14 um I was kind of going by myself to church so I was kind Mm -hmm. of going in and out going in and out when I was 13 years old um, I decided I was going to move with my father. I wanted to live with him in the Bronx. And it was actually because <clears throat> my wife was going to the high school that I, you know, right. That's, there, yo, that's hey, that love right Amy. there. Shout out to Amy. Um, so she was like, she's going to this high school. So I was like, I'm going to that high school too. I'll <laughs> your boy. Um, and so I went, moved with my dad. And when I was 14 years old, uh, I was walking. I, I had just started coming back to church, but not really. I just didn't really want to do it with, with God. And I was walking to the train station. It was on a Friday. I was supposed to go to church, and I decided not to. And me and my boy were going to chill with some girls. And we were walking to the train, and uh, I got approached by gang members. This is during the early 2000s when it was heightened gang activity and gang initiation was big in New York. Um, and so we got I got approached by 12 Bloods. Uh, my boy ran on me. They ended up jumping me, fracturing my tailbone, hit me over the head with a pipe, cut my face, left me on the under a park bench bleeding. Uh, I had to go to court for seven of them. Seven of them got caught and I had to do trial and there was a whole crazy ordeal. But that event kind of shifted me a little bit to go, okay, I could have lost my life and God spared it. What do I do now? Because literally while I was getting jumped, I can, I'm not, David knows I'm not like uh, super like, um, I don't throw out the spiritual the spiritual card often. I try to you know preserve that. Yeah. But I will tell you there was angels protecting me. I felt protected. I mean, you got seven. If me and David got upset at a guy, we go we we want to go beat him up. We could put the guy in the hospital.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: seven. There's twelve of them there stomping me out yeah and like all I have is a little baby cut, and like I everything else is fine, so that kind of shifted me a little bit. I got more serious with God, my mom started coming back to church, she got more serious, but I was living with my dad, and me and my dad were fighting nonstop like verbally physically, he would make fun of me for going to church um it was like this real awkward tension um and ten years from the moment that he left or about nine years from the moment that he left uh my dad gets on a bus someone invited him to a men's retreat he gets on a bus to go on the men's retreat and radically encounters the presence of god on the bus wow like not at not the church. even at the church not even at the That's church That's crazy. on the bus radically literally and the reason i say it's radical is because within two months we were moving out of our apartment in the bronx to move back in with my mom and my younger brother Within wow. two months, like it was radical. Um, and they're together and they're doing phenomenal. They day. So, yeah, to there. this day, they're phenomenal. Wow. Both love the Lord, both love each other. They're excellent parents and spouses, they're great. And then, yeah. uh, so that began my journey. But you know, what I've discovered throughout my life is we have this initial interaction with Jesus that kind of gets us in the door <laughs> and kind of exposes us to who He is, and we understand these moments. But sanctification is a process and the idea of becoming who he wants us to be takes a lot longer. And oftentimes in church, one of the downsides of church is you go to church and you hear these stories of someone who has a radical testimony. And you just hear that and you think everything has to be like that. And what we fail to realize that there was a there was a person I heard growing up in church. He was a great man of God, and I, I remember his story like I could retell it the way he would. He was in Puerto Rico sitting on a hammock, and he opened up to the Book of John, read the Book of John, got convicted, threw out his cigarettes, and never smoked cigarettes again. That was the story that was told, but there were things that were probably going on in his life that was still struggles because that's this journey, yeah. so I beat myself up because a lot of years I spent... Uh, kind of wavering. I felt like I was always wavering uh, to and fro, like my faith was like this. But God really showed me about four years ago um, that this is the sanctification journey he's had me on. And it's what allows me to connect with people in an intimate way. You know, John Maxwell says, uh, says, everyone communicates, but very few people connect. And uh, Jeannie Mayo, who's a a dear mentor of mine, she said, um, you lead people through your strengths, but you connect with them through your weaknesses. And I really feel like it's been those weaknesses that I've had throughout my journey. Um, While I grew up in church, I really wasn't because my mom was backslidden. So we was... You know, in church on a Sunday, but throughout on Saturday night, there was parties where everyone was drinking in my crib. Like it was, yeah. it was such a, a dichotomy. And then I, I went to school and lived however I wanted to live. There was no yeah. Christianity wasn't a lifestyle for me at that moment. It was a way to. It was a, a social club that I went to on Sundays, and so it's taken me years and years and years. And um, it's part of my journey. It's part of my story. It's it's part of how I raise my children to make sure that Christ is not only first. Um, but that, they, that this gets ingrained into their character not just something that they do as a habit. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of been my journey to answer your question on, on growing
0: up. That's really good. You know, something that stood out to me is, is that lady in the laundromat who shared her, her faith yeah. and how that affected, you know, not just your mom's life, but your life, yeah. your dad's life, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And that's back to what you were saying, Well, it only
0: takes one person. One person. Yeah. So, so you know, sometimes like, I want to share my faith, you know and i'm like embarrassed yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying because we're not looking at the big picture big picture you know what i'm saying i think we should use this as a model like yo if i i'm just bold enough you don't know the impact that that seed can right. produce so much more fruit so good you yeah. know what i mean so that's good d i think that was really good hey oh uh, no something? i was gonna
1: say man um it was great man it was great to have you on oh, thank you it's my first time doing a podcast dude you oh, like you, you you're so natural bro yo, you're so natural you should actually start honestly, your own podcast like honestly bro like i'm gonna just like Loki, we're gonna give work you for anything. you yeah yo, bro,
0: seriously okay <laughs> we're gonna be working with you <laughs> no
1: man, it oh, was, man. It thank was, you guys for having me man i appreciate it thank you great knowledge great story man and I now i see why david was like yeah we gotta get my boy javon you I know Javon, it.
0: and i do want to have you maybe for uh, for a couple yeah, more yeah. episodes maybe we can touch a little bit more later on on like leadership yeah for you know sure. yeah 100
2: um, and he, even like fatherhood you know yeah. you have how many kids three Benjamin man. yeah Charlotte is Charlotte. my oldest she's gonna be nine Benjamin is seven he just turned seven and Cameron is cute yeah Yeah. I, I'm,
1: I'm, a, I'm a new father so oh, man. I mean well my son's one and then I have another one on the way so I mean that's gonna be a podcast for myself. That's you know right. what I'm saying. Your yeah. boy need help out That's here. I said
2: man to man defense, man. That's it. Man. <laughs> no more two on one. Yeah, but Hey, but thank you so much for being thank here, you man. Guys we appreciate you, you for wow, having you. round of you. applause for Yo, uh, let's Javon. Get it. Appreciate it. And if people wanna, if people wanna look for you, where where can they find you? You can find me on. Just text David and ask him for my email address. <laughs> my boy okay. has no, no social, social media. media. Look, this
1: one, one one quick story. Before you were coming on, bro, I was searching the web for you, dog. <laughs> I was like, where, where's where's this? I mean, this man don't got no Instagram. Like, bro, what? No. come on, man, I need to do some research. And bro. there's a reason for that. And yeah. I
0: don't want to go on it because I want to have you. I want to have you again, and I want to yeah. show you guys why we he doesn't do social social media, and that's a whole another story. That's probably gonna take another forty-five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: hey, stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for Thank being you here, guys Angel so much. Man. I what do you guys. gotta say, bro? episode nine baby uh go check out we were recently on uh how do you say Carnales. Can, see, podcast. i'm not mexican enough <laughs> Carnales uh podcast go check that out we were on a uh, episode i forget what episode but 40 it's, 47 it's uh it'll say last sunday uh yeah last sunday so check that out and uh show some love um and i appreciate the love that we've been getting from that podcast so um yeah man keep rocking with us and um yeah. Let's go. Let's, Let's get go. It. Hey, last
0: Sunday, baby. Stay tuned. Javon Woo! Ramos, baby. Appreciate Let's get guys. it.
2: Peace. Peace.